0: The following program is created for adult audiences only. We advise listener discretion for graphic depictions of violence, sexuality, discussion of mental illness, religion, and existential struggle. This episode contains content that may be alarming to some listeners. Welcome to Riddled with Mystery, the bizarre true crime podcast that questions the reality you know, disassembles the puzzle, and reassembles it from a new perspective with vital, untrodden evidence. Here is your host, veteran private detective Simon Belmont. This is Season 1, Episode 1 of Riddled with Mystery, the seven devils' murder house entitled The Night It Happened. I am your host, Simon Belmont. Join me for this six-part series as we re-examine this case from its gruesome beginning to the ending judgment when the echo of the slamming gavel rattled society's bones. This season, we dive into the horrific events that took place at the Seven Devils murder house. This case was antithetic, and I warn sensitive listeners that some rather intense material is coming your way. It's all true, sadly, but was there more to the story than the prosecution and the accusers led the general public to believe? However, new details have emerged with recently uncovered, never-before-released testimony from the murderer herself, who, after serving her sentence, has vanished completely. But not before your very own inquisitive and extremely sceptical host had the opportunity to sit within just a few feet of the accused Uncovering a different side of the story that no person could have ever predicted. And it all led to a moment that still to this day blows my mind. We start with the very strange and unexplainable disappearance of a young child and end with numerous families suffering and fearing for their own lives. The subject matter is exceedingly unsettling, and the results of my investigation only make the overall narrative even more perplexing and disturbing. In 2005, a three-year-old went missing from a mountain-town home. At first, all evidence pointed towards abduction. As the investigation continued, law enforcement was led to believe that foul play might have been involved, and the child had not been abducted at all. Weeks into the investigation, the missing child was found. But the way she was discovered only added more head-shaking mystery to this story. Of her admission, and frankly, a lot of omissions, the mother of the child pleaded guilty to murder and was sentenced to prison. However, the overall nature of the case left law enforcement and the family dumbfounded. There were so many unexplained events that took place, That the mother would not have even been convicted if she had not come forward questionably taking claim to a crime that nearly two decades later she would deny committing 18 years later in 2023 and still to this day many of those lingering questions are left unanswered in the scientific sense this case baffled medical examiners law enforcement forensics and even an anthropologist involved in the investigation so What happens when so many elements remain unexplained and the trained and educated professionals can't find the answers? They settle for a confession and choose the easy way out. But why? Because the alternative would have been something our judicial system is not only ill-prepared to handle, but hypocritically closed off to the idea entirely. I remember vividly all the news coverage 18 years ago when this took place. The death of that child made national news, as did the trial of the mother. The world hated her, and her fate was ultimately sealed behind brick, mortar, and steel until recently. Various news sources started dubbing her the rebirth of Elizabeth Bathory. Historically, Elizabeth Bathory murdered many women and was believed to have bathed in their blood. I don't see the relation to this case, but leave it to the media to hype something up that didn't need any more hype. The true story is scary and sick enough. After everything was said and done, from the official investigation to the conviction to finally my involvement, I sat down with all parties to discuss their story. However, it doesn't take a genius to start researching online, and if you do so, you will most likely discover endless articles and news broadcasts Concerning this case. If approached, you will not receive confirmation from me. I'm a man of my word, and certain sources requested anonymity. I ask that you show the same respect, but for me, I'm going to tell you the story respectfully and as I have been willed to do so. I'm also going to share this story from the perspective of law enforcement as well as my own, so you can experience the true order of events that took place. I want you to feel that same mystery disarray, and revelation. We need to start from the beginning. I believe you will see why, in the end, the Seven Devils murder house is a stick-built, rotting enigma. To my memory, there hasn't been a case like this before it or since. This was certainly one I will never forget. We start with a missing child, an investigation with no concrete evidence to a trial and conviction, and a relentless, uncaring, Perpetual influence, terrifying multiple families. Finally, we end with new revelations and new pieces of the puzzle to expand the view into one of the most baffling murder cases ever documented, which with a plea became open and shut too soon, too late. It is the origin of this story that is of vital importance. It is the origin that created a hell house and an environment that no law enforcement or even Jesus Christ himself could stop. July 25th, 2005 will forever be the day that ignited the fuse that ultimately would lead to a horrific explosion of pain, confusion, anxiety, secrets, and the immoral discovery of pure, unbridled, relentless, and unmerciful evil. That Monday, the plug was pulled from the drain and the waters of the Murdoch family slowly started to spiral down into the dark, foreboding abyss of hell. Some might argue that Rachel Ann Murdoch was a single mom. Her husband Danny had been gone for periods of months to years due to his choice of occupation. He was an international aid worker which placed him overseas a great deal of the time. He was absent so much from his family that in the three years that little Melody graced this earth, Danny had only physically seen her once. However, technology allowed Danny to speak to his wife Rachel and see his daughter Melody utilizing internet video calling. The couple would connect multiple times a week through social media and streaming conference software. His job was a high-paying one although away from his family, their well-being and comfortable lifestyle were of the utmost importance to him, especially considering they had a child to care for. Little did he know, however, that Rachel wasn't pouring that income into keeping the house up, or just making life in general better for her and Melody. Instead, she was pulling money out of the bank almost daily to feed a new, well-hidden drug addiction and taste for the emotionally numbing feeling of alcohol. She was trying her best to suppress something rattling her psyche and soul. What that was had yet to be determined. During their video calls, Danny would notice the rattling dark circles under her eyes and the exhausted state of his wife. He described her demeanor as paranoid. He added that her eyes were constantly moving and darting around the room as if she were looking for or waiting for something to happen. All he could see was a lack of cleanliness to not only his wife, but also the dining room and kitchen from the angle Rachel would video conference from. He suspected that the remainder of the house was lacking in cleanliness as well, based on what he could see from the web camera. She would video call him from a laptop sitting on the dining room table from that angle danny could see a neglected kitchen with a sink full of dishes empty dry goods boxes and cans and other trash covering the counters as well as piles of clothes lining the floor but he would ultimately not probe or prod about her consistent melancholy derelict and paranoiac state mr murdoch would dismiss it as simply being the result of a lonely mother caring for their daughter. To him, she was suffering from exhaustion, stress, and possibly depression. Rachel managed to keep the liquor bottles and empty beer cans well hidden from view. That at least tells you she was conscious enough to keep secrets and show a level of deceit. This, of course, is a very common and expected behavior of an addict. What once you were you are no more. The addiction and drugs take you over creating an alternate version of yourself. That version isn't generally liked or trusted. If you weren't a liar before, you are now. And you almost always act on things opposite of the sober mind you once had. Coincidentally, the same could be said for demonic possession. Whether it be drug addiction or demonic possession, you become the puppet being puppeteered by another uncontrollable force. Demons are master manipulators and so are addicts. Their goal is to feed uncontrollable inner desires at any cost. Never once did he consider the possibility of substance abuse. The drug and alcohol usage were completely out of character for Rachel, according to her family and even her husband. There was something that sparked the need to numb the world around her. In retrospect, after what happened... I am certain Danny was and still is dealing with an immeasurable amount of guilt. The signs were all right there in front of him each time he spoke with his wife. But how could one truly have known, considering his wife's solitary lifestyle of caring for a toddler came as such a fitting answer for her appearance and behavior? More to come, my inquisitive listeners. Riddled with mystery, we'll be right back after a word... From our sponsor, This episode is brought to you by The Comic Book Room, your one-stop shop for vintage and rare collectible toys. With over 35,000 comics, collector cards, Funko Pop, and Stan Lee signed memorabilia, The Comic Book Room is the place to find DC, Dark Horse, and Marvel Comics, Star Wars, G.I. Joe, Pokemon, Masters of the Universe, Ninja Turtles, Marvel Legends, Transformers, and so much more. Visit them at 1909 Lejeune Boulevard, Jacksonville, North Carolina, and follow them on TikTok at the Comic Book Room. This is Simon Belmont. Riddled with Mystery relies on you, our cherished listeners, for donations to keep the program available. If you are able, please donate to the show today. Any contribution is greatly appreciated. Thank you from myself And the producers behind the scenes at the Riddled with Mystery podcast. We now return to Riddled with Mystery and your host, Simon Belmont. That Monday in July was just like any other day for the young mother. She would wake around five in the morning to a crying and hungry child. She would also awake to withdrawal pains and a craving of her own for the substances that had now become so much a part of her lifestyle her morning was spent feeding her daughter's hunger as well as her own thirst and dangerous appetite. After caring for her child Melody, Rachel would video conference her husband and then spend the rest of her day glued to the television while playing video games. In between breaks from gaming, Melody would be tended to with more feedings, diaper changes and baths. For the most part, the three-year-old spent most of her day in the nursery's crib. Even though her mother's head was somewhere else, or somebody else, the child was cared for responsibly. That evening, Rachel was wearing her headset with a built-in microphone chatting with fellow video gamers while they played together across the internet. Little did she know while this was going on, something unexpected and alarming was happening to her daughter just a few rooms away. Unfortunately, she could hear nothing but the game she was playing and her friends cheering through their headphones. Between the headphones and the pounding sound of the pouring rain outside hitting the roof, Rachel was oblivious to anything else. Her dog, Jin, must have heard something to draw his attention. Typically, he would lay right beside Rachel as she played her games. She would sit on a beanbag chair close to the television and Jin would sit or sleep next to her. But that night, the dog crept out of the living room and down the hall towards Melody's room. Rachel was so lost in her game and so wasted in the head, she didn't even think twice as to why the dog left her side. According to one of the friends she was playing online with, Rachel quit the game around 11 in the evening to go check on her daughter. Her friend also claimed she had been bragging about finishing off another fifth of vodka, but nothing could have prepared her for what she was about to discover in the nursery. It was every mother's worst nightmare. Rachel stumbled and crept down the hallway as carefully and quietly as she could in such an inebriated state. She didn't want to wake Melody up if she had been sleeping. Rachel arrived at the door to the nursery and noticed immediately she could not hear her child crying, whimpering, talking, or making those adorable sounds we've all come to know and love. Her first assumption was, Melody was asleep. She paused for another moment after hearing what sounded like somebody was moving around in the attic above her head. The attic pull-down ladder was directly above the door to the nursery in the ceiling of the hallway. From the closet ceiling inside the nursery, there was also a movable tile that allowed access to the attic. She dismissed the sound as a bat or squirrel, or just the effects of being drunk and high. Rachel turned the doorknob and slowly opened the door to the nursery. Instead of seeing a quiet and peaceful toddler sleeping, she saw something no loving mother would want to ever see. She saw nothing. Yet nothing was full of everything, and everything was full of pain, anger, confusion, and mystery. The once tranquil, colorful, and playful room had turned into a thousand jagged, mirror-like pieces now reflecting an unexpected and cryptic event. Rachel ran over to the side of the crib, Hoping that her child had simply tucked herself away in the corner at an angle not easily seen from the doorway. Sadly, only the vicious and sharp edges of broken glass blanketed the mattress of the crib. Melody was gone. Rachel's pulse became rapid. She became weak in the knees as her breathing became shallow. Her heart was skipping beats as beads of sweat and tears ran down her face. Her awareness became distant to the world around her. She had gone into shock. The window of the nursery had been shattered. The blinds were now broken, torn, and piled like a broken accordion on the floor. The humid and hot summer wind, pushing its way into the nursery from the window, escorted mosquitoes and flies into the now dismal atmosphere of the room. Rachel quickly pulled the crib away from the window so she could better examine the situation. The room was dimly lit by the moonlight, shining through and reflecting off all the broken glass. She glanced out the window to see nothing but her front yard and the forest that lined it. It was as if time had stopped at that moment. Vanished. Her child melody was gone without a trace and a sound. Now only the timber of the trees at the woodline rubbing their branches together as the wind made them dance in the night was all that could be heard among the buzzing of flies. Rachel was entranced by the swaying sound of the trees and the moonlight bouncing around the room like a spinning disco ball. She turned and ran directly towards the light switch. After turning on the overhead light, Rachel gasped and covered her mouth at the sight of bloody footprints all over the carpeted floor. The bloody footprints came from her she had been in such a shock at the realisation that her child was gone. The slicing, sticking and stabbing of the broken window glass into her feet went unnoticed. Couple that with being drunk and Rachel had lost a lot of blood in a very small amount of time. Alcohol is a vasodilator and in turn causes your blood vessels to expand after consuming too much. This process causes you to bleed out at a greater volume when cut. After only a few moments of realising that all the bloody footprints were hers, Rachel fainted and collapsed onto the floor due to hypovolemic shock. She had lost so much blood very quickly. Luckily for her, while she was knocked out, her wounds clotted. She was very fortunate in that regard. Hypovolemic shock is extremely dangerous and life-threatening. She awoke very disoriented and hung over the next morning, still lying on the blood and glass-covered floor of her child's room. This morning was quite different. There wasn't any demanding child seeking a diaper change or nourishment. There wasn't an excited and tail-wagging dog looking to be let outside. As she was flat on her back staring at the ceiling, there wasn't a sound to be heard throughout the house. Once the memory of the previous night came crashing back into her consciousness, Rachel immediately jumped up and started searching the house for her daughter and dog. She checked every room of the house but found nothing to explain the disappearances or the shattered window in Melody's room. The two doors that accessed the home, one in the front and one in the back, were still locked from the inside. Unless in her intoxicated state she had let the dog out and forgot the night before, There was no evidence pointing toward the dog leaving the house. However, there was a great possibility that Jin climbed out through the broken window in Melody's room. Either way, all evidence was pointing toward her dog and child disappearing at the same time. This led Rachel to begin looking for answers outside. Unfortunately, nothing was found outside to provide answers to those lingering questions of where they went, why, and how. There wasn't a single shard of glass on the ground outside Melody's room. It was evident that the window had been broken from the outside, forcing all of the glass inside. Despite the heavy rain the night before, there were no footprints or even dog tracks in the mud surrounding the area. Of course, the rain could have easily washed them away. The who, what, where, when, and why were currently the only thoughts on the young mother's mind at that moment but that was about to change drastically when she realized all fingers were going to be pointing at her. She knew that it was only a matter of time before all suspicious and inquisitive eyes would fiercely glare in her direction. Looking at the time, she realized it was very close to her daily, digital meet-up with her husband Danny, and she was going to have to divert current truths until she figured out what to do. She was so afraid that if she alerted the police or confided in her husband she would ultimately be to blame for neglect and her daughter's vanishing rachel was probably right given the circumstances but off the record for me you can believe law enforcement would have been contacted as soon as possible she chose to hide the reality of her daughter's disappearance for now and that was going to come with consequences i'm not sure what she was expecting to accomplish wishful thinking wants me to believe she had hoped her child would turn up and nobody would be wiser. But logic went right out the window with her daughter. Or so we thought. That morning was a first for Rachel. Well, at least a first for quite some time. Instead of reaching for a bottle of liquor and a handful of pills, she sought out the coffee pot instead. For the first time in months, she was going to tackle the morning and her husband completely sober. Although she was still feeling the intoxicating effects of the night prior, Rachel was now a functioning addict, and in her current state, would be able to convince anybody she was sober. In an unenebriated frame of mind, the reality of her living conditions was starting to set in. Upon this revelation, she ran and quickly started cleaning up the kitchen, began laundry, and took out all of the trash. She also tended to her wounds from the glass the best she could with what she had. Realizing her wounds were too extreme for home remedies, Rachel decided a visit to the emergency room for proper care would have been of top priority that morning. She also knew a believable story needed to be concocted to explain the incident and, more importantly, prevent any sort of drug testing. The last thing she wanted or needed was to have medical records documenting her intense and overindulging of mind-altering substances. She knew the alcohol still heavily riding on her every breath would be a dead giveaway. There was no way to hide that. So she developed a story wrapped around having one too many drinks with her friends, which resulted in accidentally and carelessly knocking over a glass picture frame. Rachel would then state she had stumbled over the glass, resulting in the cutting of her feet. She figured with the nurses and doctors focused on her wounds and accepting the alcohol story, nobody would be considering illegal substance abuse. Right as she was finishing cleaning herself up and preparing to take a drive to the local hospital, Rachel's attention was taken by a familiar sound. Like clockwork, The sound of her laptop receiving a video call echoed through the house and right on time. Before answering, she took a moment to gather herself and consider the coming conversation. How was she going to explain to Danny that he could not see his daughter? Reluctantly, she answered the call. What happened during that conversation with her husband Danny? find out in the next entry of Riddled with Mystery, The Seven Devils Murder House Episode 2, entitled Daddy's Girl. I am Simon Belmont, your investigative host of this bizarre true crime podcast. Thank you for listening. On the next episode of Riddled with Mystery, The Seven Devils Murder House, your host Simon Belmont reveals Rachel's phone conversation with her husband Danny. As the plot thickens, secrets become exposed – the whereabouts of Jin the dog is discovered, and an unexpected knock at the Murdochs' front door drastically changes the narrative as Rachel begins her upstream swim into a bloody river of deceit. <laughs> This is Simon Belmont. Riddled with Mystery relies on you, our cherished listeners, for donations to keep the program available. If you are able, please donate to the show today. Any contribution is greatly appreciated. Thank you from myself and the producers behind the scenes at the Riddled with Mystery podcast.